For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey, hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to the Arrowhead Ag Podcast. I am Sterling Holmes. No, that's not Matt Connor's luscious locks. No, that's not Matt Verderam with his New York isms. <laughs> that is Patrick Allen. Patrick. First time you and I have done a show together, just yeah. us two. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty stoked. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I, I tweeted this. I think it's definitely the best looking Arrowhead Attic podcast in history. I don't think that's up for debate. I don't think either of the mats would challenge us on that. Um, we miss them. We wish they were here, but they're not. And it's a treat for everyone out there who is is visually <laughs> watching this podcast. You know what's really funny, really quickly, because it made me think of eye candy. And every time I think of eye candy, I think of Travis Kelsey. And it's not because I'm into Travis Kelsey, although I'm into watching Travis Kelsey. Have you ever heard the announcers when they talk about football players? And if you take it out of context, how funny it is. It's like Mahomes and Kelsey hooking up in the end zone. Like, pause, (laughs) man. Wait, wait a second. Look at Kelsey. Isn't that some eye candy? (laughs) I really like this kid. He's a stud. I really liked him. I I really liked him coming out. (laughs) A lot of really ridiculous. I like that. We should do a, we should do like a, a video mashup of contextless sports uh, analogies or contextless sports isms from announcers. It could be really awkward really quickly. So I want to hit on everyone's questions in the Arrowhead Attic Discord. Become a member. If you become a member, we hang out. It's fun. You'll get your questions typically answered. And the majority of this show is going to be answering the questions that were posed to us in that Discord. I think it's a fun way we won't be able to do this without you guys. So answering your questions is the least that we can do. But before, I want to talk about Anthony Hitchens. Anthony Hitchens was released today, saving the Chiefs $8.4 million against the cap. This was not a surprise, but I want to give Anthony Hitchens his due. I've had a chance to speak with Anthony Hitchens. He is an amazing human being, such an incredibly nice guy. I am rooting for him. I know he had that Instagram post, whatever it was, with Tyron Matthew calling the fans toxic, and it was a whole ordeal. But that one incident shouldn't sully his entire tenure in Kansas City. It was a five-year, $45 million contract. He got through four years of it. When you look back, he might not have been the guy everyone wanted him to be. It's tough to follow in Derek Johnson's footsteps. But he was typically the best linebacker in what was such a horrible position group, I, I sometimes feel he got placed a lot of blame when he truly should not have. Yeah, it was kind of unfair. I think um, he he got he, now. Look, I, I don't mean this is to denigrate him at all. He got overpaid for for what like what it was a big contract for the Chiefs to hand out for that position, and and I think he didn't live up to what people thought he was going to produce when he got that big contract. But I think if you take the contract away, you had this steady, Anthony Hitchens brought more to the team, you know, from a leadership perspective on that defense in the middle of that defense, solid, steady, reliable. Was he out there making a ton of flashy plays? No, but he was in there doing a lot of the dirty work. And, you know, he's not, 
that different from a player like Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton's just maybe a, you know a little bit younger, a little bit more athletic. But I think that um, you know Anthony Hitchens did a lot for the Chiefs. They won a Super Bowl with him on the roster and on that defense, and the Chiefs should be lucky to have him. And and now the team's in a different place, and they've drafted replacements at middle linebacker. They're looking really good there. And now it's time for him to move on. It's time for the Chiefs to move on from his contract. And there's going to be a team out there that needs a solid, steady veteran presence. He's going to get a job, and we'll all be happy for him and wish him well. But I think from the Chiefs point of view, hey, look, this is kind of exciting if you're a Chiefs fan. Not that Anthony Hitchens lost his job today. We're not saying that. But this is the start of what is probably going to be kind of an exciting offseason for the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Brett Veach is starting the process right now. He's moving, he's shaking, and he's saying this defense needs to be a little bit better we're cutting some cap. We're going to make some changes to this roster because it's it's reloading time for the whole roster. Yeah. How can we get better? How can we how can we get back over this hump and win another Super Bowl? Yeah, and I think it can't be understated how impactful he was for the younger guys, especially Nick Bolton. I personally believe right. Nick Bolton's going to take over that. Give him the green dot. He's putting guys in place. Nick Bolton is going to be one of the yeah. leaders on defense and learning. Learning from Anthony Hitchens to me is so impactful, a little bit like Alex Smith passing the torch, helping to teach Patrick Mahomes. Matt Verderam joining us. You just could crash our show. The podcast. Sure. And now and now the best looking podcast in the history of Arrowhead Addict is Rowan. It's back to normal. It's Rowan. It was only good looking because Sterling was half of the show which greatly increased the, the good-lookingness of the show. You guys are way too nice to me. Uh, well, listen, I'm, I'm not – there's no reason to be any nicer than we, we've been. Let's leave it alone. Let's not go over the top. Um, I No, I, I literally – I just finished my shift and was like – I saw you guys talking about it. I'm like, yeah, what the hell? I'll pop in here for a few before my daughter comes down screaming at me to do whatever whatever game she wants to play next. I, I did hear what you guys said about Hitchens. Like, I largely agree. Like, he was a good, solid player for them while he was there. Now, I, I thought this year he dropped off some. I, I thought he, he noticeably lost a step. But, you know, in the end, like, he was good. He wasn't great. He wasn't a world beater, but he was good. And he certainly was it was a important part of that that Super Bowl team. Um, really, you know, the, the, one of the leaders of that defense. Uh, but they had to cut him. They saved yeah. $8.4 million. Now they have, according to over the cap, about $12 million in space. And I think the more interesting thing with due respect to Anthony Hitchens is what's happening next, which is going to be now they make a decision on Frank Clark because that's coming, right? Like this Hitchens thing was the first move and what I'm expecting to be a flurry of moves over the next month to two months. It's going to be, okay, Hitchens, that was easy cut. Now Frank Clark, everybody just says, cut him, cut him, cut him. And I get it. You'd say 12 point, I think it's 12.7 million without looking at it. Um, if they cut him pre-June 1, they eat 13.6 million. So do you restructure him and smooth out the cap hits, add an extra year at the end of it? You know, maybe that year is a year where you're really not paying him anyway. So it essentially keeps him on the team for one more year at a high number. I mean, look, if you're Frank Clark, what do you want to do? Right? Like, yeah, you could get cut, but do you want to test the free agent market? Like if the Chiefs come to him and say, we want to restructure your deal, you're essentially taking a pay cut this year. We'll guarantee some money going forward, you know, so it gives us incentive to keep you. Does he do that? Because if you're look, if you're if you're him and you get cut and you go on the free agent market, now look, he's still got guaranteed money this year that he's gonna get. That's why they have dead money. But he's not getting some kind of a big deal. That's not happening. So I am curious to see if the Chiefs restructure him. Now, maybe they don't. I mean, cutting him is very much on the table. It reminds me of Sammy Watkins when everybody thought he was going to get cut the year after they won the Super Bowl, right? Or uh, was it the year after they won? Yeah, the year after they won. Everybody thought he's going to get cut, he's going to get cut, he's going to get Well, he didn't get cut. He didn't get cut. They restructured his contract. I wonder if they'll do something similar. Now, with that contract, if memory serves, they didn't add years to it. It basically was Watkins took a little bit of a pay cut and there were incentives and everything else. I wonder if that's if that's what happens. Because if you're Frank Clark, you are not getting a big contract on the market. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be tough for him after the way that he's performed. And then, of course, there's the off-field oozy issues and such that are going to make teams gun-shy about giving him a big contract. Dude. Um, <laughs> Dude. I'm doing it for Matt Connor, man. I'm doing it for Matt Connor. <laughs> um, it's true, though. It's true. It, it, he's, he's, he's been his own worst enemy in, in some ways off the field. Production hasn't been there to his contract on the field, 
he might be better off. Like, can you cut? Like, I thought this year I was looking for him to kind of have a good year because it was essentially, we, we were saying it's essentially a contract year for him because the Chiefs can cut him. And it just didn't really pan out. So, you know, you could look at a situation where Veach is like, you know what? I think it's just, I, I want to shake things up. He's targeted the offensive line and it could come down to who he can get. And if he can get the people he wants to get, Maybe he cuts Frank after June 1st. If he can't, maybe he tries to bring him back. I say we touch on this because we actually had a Discord question regarding this on who we want to look at on the defensive side of the ball, and I have a wild card. But before we do that, shout out to our sponsor, KC Beer Company. I'm drinking a Hell's Lager right now. It's absolutely incredible. I have an Edelweiss coming up next. We're boozing. If you've not had a chance to go to KC Beer Company, you have to make the trip down there. Patrick knows it is worth it. Every sip is glorious. If you can get a tour from Steve, he shows you the four ingredients. That's it. Four ingredients to make it. Yep. They've won German beer competitions as an American company. That's that's a boss move. I mean, yeah, if you want good quality beer, I'm just telling you, Casey Beer Company, we appreciate their uh, their sponsorship and we love their the beer. So I do want to go switch gears to the question from Hidden Anguish. What players would you guys like to see targeted on the defensive side of the ball? Verderam, you can go first. <coughs> Excuse me. I think it depends on who they resign. So – I mean, Matthew and Ward, like, if they don't bring those guys back, they better target a secondary piece or two, right? I mean, I can't imagine they're letting both those guys walk. I, I, I can't imagine that they would be willing to say, okay, goodbye to our number one or two corner and our top safety. So I'm going to stick with D-line. They, they got to fix that. Their, their D-line has is, is not been good the last couple of years. And look, the, at the end of the year, it got better, but they, had, they finished 29th in sacks. That's not good enough. There's no way, there's, there's no way that's good enough. So if, if I'm, you know, the, the Chiefs and I'm Brett Veach, I'm sitting there saying, I, I need to find a pass rush. Now, who's out there? Well, Von Miller, Chandler Jones, Emmanuel Ogba. I tweeted this yesterday. Hassan Reddick. The guy's had 23 and a half sacks over the past two years. And nobody talks about him. He's 27 years old. I'd send that guy in a heartbeat. Like, I, that guy can play. If Harold Landry hits the market, and if I hear one more person say, well, you know, it's not a scheme fit. Listen. They're in nickel and dime 80% of the game. There's no such thing anymore as like a 3-4 fit, a 4-3 fit. It doesn't matter. Melvin Ingram was a 3-4 outside linebacker's entire life. He worked out fine in Kansas City. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter that, you know, there, there's, you know, well, he stand up, he's hand in the dirt. You figure it out. So I, I think any of those, those edge rushers, to me, that's where you go. I don't want to see them go after Jadavion Clowney. He's the one guy. Like that guy is a history of – the name's much bigger than the production, but I think any of those other guys would be would be great for the Chiefs. They need edge rush. They need a pass rush. It, it, they, they they have to figure that out first and foremost. I like I actually I I like the move to maybe see if you can go after Jadavion Clowney. Um, he's been playing on one year contracts with teams for the last couple of years. There's a reason and. Right. But he also he also was productive last year for the Browns. Now he's got an injury, a bit of an injury history. But like, look, the Chiefs don't have a ton of money. Now, maybe they trade for somebody. I could actually see that happening. I don't have any names on the tip of my tongue, but I could see them going and trading for somebody like they did for Frank Clark. But a guy like Clowney, if you're trying to bring in a veteran guy who can create a lot of pressures, who might cost you a little bit this year, but maybe you get them on a one-year deal or a two-year deal where you're not locked in for a long time and it's a Frank Clark replacement or somebody to go along with Frank Clark, He's he, he can get in the backfield. He can pressure the quarterback. So I like it. I like the move as, a, as something that Vet, Brett Veach can have on standby where if he doesn't get the guy that he wants – Here's a guy you can bring in for one year, take a flyer on him, pay him a little bit of money, but you're not locked in forever, and see if he can go. I mean, he had nine sacks, I think, for the Browns last year. He At the halfway point of the season, I was reading Pro Football Focus earlier today, he was he was like ninth in the NFL in pressures. So this is a guy that can be productive. He was last year. He has some injury history, but I'd like the Chiefs to, to give it a shot. What do, you, what do you think, Sterling? So I said specifically outside of edge, I think DJ Reed from K-State, Seattle, he's ranked in PFF top 10. He's an outside corner. Um, I know he's small. He's five foot eight. He plays a lot of zone at Seattle. But 
like Matt said, if you can find a guy, I know, for example, edge is different than, than cornerback and secondary, but if, if you can find a way to make him work in this scheme, I think DJ Reed is a guy that I would potentially look at in the secondary. As far as edge goes, and Zach Eisen specifically asked, what, what do you guys want to see done at edge? I don't know if Kansas City goes after those top-end Jadavian, Dante Fowler Jr., Chandler Jones. Uh, I don't even know if they go after the next tier of guys, the Calais Campbells, JPP, Mario Addison, Jerry Hughes. I think a surprise candidate could be Charles Harris from Mizzou. He had seven and a half la- uh, sacks last year in a resurgence season for Detroit. He's been very underwhelming for the majority of his career, but the change of scenery obviously helped, and the Chiefs love to take flyers on former first-round draft picks. I think Charles Harris won't break the bank, and I think it's a realistic possibility that I have not heard thrown out yet. I mean, if you're the Chiefs, like, is it just is there a scenario in this offseason? And I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll dig on this at the combine, or at least I'll do my best to. Is there a scenario where they just go berserk? This offseason. I mean, I, I think they could. Like, I, I actually think that's kind of an underreported. Like, they could easily have 50 million in cap space for the free agency, easily. And for everybody who talks about, like, well, then what does it mean for future years? It doesn't mean anything because the cap's going to be $400 million by the end of the decade. So it doesn't really matter. Like, next year's when all the TV money and the streaming money and the gambling money kicks in, the, the cap is going to be insane. So I almost wonder if you're them, if you just say, we're going to do everything we can to extend Hill and to sign Brown before the end of the tag period, or well, I guess more accurately before March 16th when the league year kicks in, you've got to be cap compliant. Like, do they just say, hey, look, we got 40, 50 million in space and we're going to go out and we're going to try to sign Chris Godwin and we're going to try to sign Stefan Gilmore and we're going to try to sign Emmanuel Ogba. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to do all that or exactly that. Or my, my larger point is they're going to have the ability to, to do things with space in, in free agency like they if they want to if they want to go out and get to throw out a couple different names if they want to go out and say we're going to get Allen robinson and hassan reddick and um oh god i don't know uh give me another name throw it out there whatever it doesn't matter right like, and, and and maybe and maybe bring in another another star defensive player whether it be corner safety right? Dante like, Fowler Jr. he's not a star he stinks um <laughs> but uh, you know I mean somebody who you actually care about being on your football team Chandler like, Jones there you go they could do it not know they would do it I don't know that they, you know but if you're the Chiefs you like you don't worry about five years from now you just don't like I don't you you have a championship caliber team and you worry about right now you worry about winning right now. You know, as Carter Kellogg brings up, and he's right, like Bills are up against the cap wise a little bit right now. Titans cap isn't great. Now, all these teams can, can make room and do different things, just like the Chiefs can, although not quite the extent the Chiefs can. But he's right. Like the Chargers and Bengals have over 50 million in cap space. You're not in the NFC where it's a guy who's doing a 12-day cleanse and then the Rams and then I don't know who the hell else they're, right? You're in an arms race in the AFC. You're in an arms race. You're fighting against the Bills team that I think is everybody as good as the Chiefs right now. You're fighting against the Bengals team that just beat you twice in the span of a month, okay? You're fighting against the Chargers team that damn near pushed you to the brink in the division until they decide to go lose to Houston. You're fighting against all these teams. You, you know, what if Pittsburgh gets a quarterback, right? Like that team all of a sudden is no joke. What if the Ravens aren't injury ravaged all year long? That team's no joke. You, you go for broke. You do what you've got to do and, and the hell with it. You worry about it three years from now when the cap's $50 million higher. I remember when, to be fair, when Elway, who I don't think was a great GM by any stretch, but when they, when they won the Super Bowl and they had Manning, I would sit there and marvel how they could get under the cap every year. Like they would go out and sign. It felt like three guys who were like all pro level players. They didn't care. They just kept doing it and they kept restructuring guys, moving money around. If I'm the Chiefs, I don't care if next year, well, now we've got to cut somebody. Fine. Then you cut them next year. That's what you do. Like you, to me, you go for it. And it's a pretty good free agency class. They can have money should they want to. They have all their picks. They have, they have four picks. In the first three rounds, like if I'm Kansas City, I'm being really aggressive this offseason. I'm not sitting around and waiting and hoping that good enough's good enough. Do you think the Rams are complaining right now? 
I don't think yeah. so. I always, oh. I always like to say this. Picks are great, and it gives you the opportunity to throw darts, and the more darts you have, the better chance you have of landing someone. I understand that, and young, controllable talent is where it's at. But you play for, for wins, not hypothetical wins. You, you don't play for the future. You play for now. The Rams are not complaining. The same reason why the Chiefs weren't complaining when they brought Melvin Ingram here. Was anyone complaining about that six-round draft pick now? Of course yeah. not. It's, it's, it's currency. It's currency to buy players. That's what it is, right? Cheap and young is great, especially when you have a lot of stars. But, you know, some point down the line, Travis Kelsey's going to come off the books. You're, you need to you need to find new stars. You, you can cycle people in on two-year contracts. I think Brett Veach has done a great job. And I like that you brought up Emmanuel Ogba, Matt, because he's really, like, been tremendous during his time in Miami. He's had back-to-back seasons with nine sacks. Last year, he had 12 passes defended. 12. That's insane. Right. Um, I would I I would love to see him back in red and gold. By the way, because I know I know the popular refrain from draft Twitter is, but you just drafted Trey Smith in the sixth round. You can't possibly say that a sixth round pick doesn't matter. Here's the full list of guys they've drafted since 2009 in the sixth round. Quentin Lawrence, nobody in 2010. Jarrell Poe, Cyrus Gray, Eric Cush, Braden Wilson, Zach Fulton. Laurent Duvernay Tardif, which actually those are two great six round picks. Uh, yeah. Rakeem Nunez Rochez, DJ White. I defy anybody to tell me what position he played. Daddy Nicholas, Leon McQuay, Traymon Smith, Khalil McKenzie, Darwin Thompson, Rashad Fenton, very nice six round pick. And of course, Trey Smith. Point is, about 90% of the time, those guys, it do- just doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Like I'm, I'm and sorry. And you can get a six round pick later. Like you yeah, can get 100%. it back. Trade your fifth easily. round pick and move back ten spots and get a six round pick. Like it just it right. doesn't matter. I don't want to like it's. I don't want to undersell the importance of draft because by the way, and I, I tweeted this earlier. Every remember a year ago, well about a year ago, maybe about ten months ago, and everybody was killing Veach because they didn't they didn't land the receiver, and it's like oh, what are they doing? I I have fought against this narrative forever that they have not done a great job under him with with player development. Like, look at the classes the guys had. Now, like, the the only class that was a disaster was 2018. Okay, 2018 is one of the worst classes I've ever had. Like, Derek Nottie was the only good player that came out of it. 2019, with no first-round pick, Hardman, Thornhill, Rashad Fenton. Okay, and even Allegretti is a seventh-round pick. Like, that's a great seventh-round pick. 2020, say whatever you want about Edwards Alaire. Okay, look – Certainly, if you had that pick over, you wouldn't draft him. But he's a serviceable NFL player. It's not a, it's not a great pick. It's a bad pick. But it wasn't like a complete disastrous bust. It wasn't John Baldwin. Willie Gay, Lucas Niang, LeJarry Le- Sneed, and Mike Dana. Pretty damn good. And then last year, of course, Bolton, Humphrey, and Smith. I mean, if they continue to draft anywhere near that level, they should go nuts in free agency all the time because they're going to have money. Like, that's the key to free agency is how well you draft. Do you know how much money they're saving with with Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey and Nick Bolton over the next four years? I mean, look at how much they're paying Joe Tooney, right? Like, they paid him. And and look, it's been great. He's been awesome. But, like, they are saving tens of millions of dollars by drafting well. Do you know how much a luxurious need costs on the open market right off a rookie deal? He's you know 10 to $15 million, depending on how he plays the rest of it, right? Like, so when you draft that well – you then it's kind of like if you go and you like work out at the gym five days a week, then you've earned the right to go have a cheeseburger, right? Like thank you. You've earned, boom. Right. Like, right <laughs> after this, I'm gonna go to the gym and then I'm probably gonna eat like some potato chips. Well, now, that, now that's counterproductive. But at it's least I'm balanced, not Matt. It's right. balanced. Life is balanced, my friend. <laughs> if you draft well, especially late in the rounds, you have then earned the right to go spend money in free agency because you don't have to spend money on these other guys. It's it's so important, and there's so many layers to it. And the Chiefs have drafted so well the last three years. Yeah, that's the that's the fruit of their labor. If they want to go out and spend $70 million on Chris Godwin, they can do it. They can 100% do it. If J.C. Jackson wasn't going to get tagged by some miracle in New England and they wanted to go out and give him five years and $80 million, they could do it. They could do it. Because and I would say that they lot. should, particularly. Yeah, I think it depends should. on it depends on the position, right? Like I think it. W- we have to think about where the Chiefs are drafting as well. So when we talk about who they should target in free agency, I'm thinking about like, well, who can make? Because this is a Super Bowl team. So yeah, we want to plan for the future and all that stuff. They can win the Super Bowl next year. So get me players that can help right now. 
And I thought that's why Nick Bolton was a good pick. But I think it, I think it can be harder when you're picking 30th to get a receiver at that spot that's going to come in and make a really big impact or even get an edge rusher that's going to be a stud for you. And so for those positions, I'd like to see the Chiefs go with more veterans or make trades or free agency and then go with some of those other positions where somebody can kind of come in and make an impact a little bit earlier. I just think it's hard for a receiver unless like there's not very many Jamar chases running around out there, especially 30th in the draft. So I'd like some more experience to be coming in. So those positions can make an impact this year. Uh, We have another question from the AA discord. I wanted to get to if Tyron Matthew doesn't resign, will the chiefs need to target another safety in free agency? I have an interesting theory here, but I'll throw it to you first. Verderim, what are your thoughts? I actually just talked about this on the radio like an hour ago. And I think um, like if you, if you don't sign him, and I could see a lot of reasons why they maybe wouldn't, but at the same point, if you're not going, if you're not going to bring him back, you need to replace him. All right. Well, the safety class isn't great in the draft, and are you replacing Tyron Matthew with some guy you draft in the third round? Because that's a that's a big ask, right? Especially when you're talking about the communication level that he brings. Remember the AFC divisional game and the end of that game, and how nobody knew what the hell was going on because nobody was communicating anything. Like matters. Uh, and, and Zach brings up a couple guys in there. It says, he says Jesse Bates or Marcus Williams. Zach, I think you know, Bates is going to get tagged. And Williams very well might, despite the fact the Saints are basically looking for nickels under their couch cushions right now. They just don't care. The team has no regard for the cap whatsoever. So that's always the question when it comes to stuff like this, right? Like, okay, do you want to move on from this player because you don't want to pay the, the price tag? I have not yet done a ton of digging on this because I'm, I'm still literally digging out from the Super Bowl and writing a feature and whatnot. But I will, I will surmise a guess. He's going to want somewhere around four and 65. It's based off of other contracts in the league, based off his contract, what he's done, who he is. It's not an unreasonable ask. And I think there's a very good chance if he hits free agency, he gets it. The, the question, though, is with, are the Chiefs willing to go that length? My my complete two cents, just, just uninformed two cents in this would be, I don't know that the Chiefs are going to want to guarantee a third year. And so you have the sticking point of like, do you partially guarantee a third year? Do you have some incentives in there? Can you structure it in a way that everybody's happy? But if you let him go, like I get the people who say that, I get it, but then who's replacing him? Like, how, like ask yourself this: How would you feel if, if Tyron Matthew went to the Chargers? How would you hate feel it. about that? Hate it, right? Like, <laughs> how would you feel about that? Because there's a real chance that that's where he goes if he, if he leaves. How would how would you feel if the Bengals pair him up with Jesse Bates? Right? Like, you wouldn't want to see him. So maybe you, you consider that as well. You know, I. I just think this is a time with the Chiefs where, look, if they let them walk and they don't want to pay a third-year guarantee, I understand that. But then you've got to factor in. He might very well be playing against you on another team. And if that happens, man, like that, that's a problem. Like, if I'm the Chiefs, and I've gone back and forth on this one, honestly, I'd probably pay him. I'd probably pay him. And, I, and I'd hope that – I'd try to do it for two years guaranteed – if I had to do a third year, I'd probably I'd, I'd probably go partial. I get the people who want to move on, man, but like, you better have a damn good answer, because if you don't, you got problems. I have a fun answer. Of course you do. So this is going with the again. I would like to resign Tyron Matthew. Let that be my first choice. But the question was, if Tyron doesn't sign, I like Legereus Need to move to safety and take his role. Legereus Sneed has a lot of the, I think, intangibles and physical traits that Tyron Matthew has. I think he can be used in that jack-of-all-trades type of role. I think Legereus Sneed's a very good tackler, especially for a corner. He played safety in college. I think Legereus Sneed, you have the Tyron Matthew backup on the roster currently, which means that gives you money to re-sign Chavarius Ward. That also gives you money to bring in another cornerback, whether that's DJ Reed or whoever you want, or spend extra money on edge. I think that allows you to save that money and spit and spend it elsewhere. I also wouldn't mind as far as a cornerback flyer, if you're going with a luxurious need to safety, because you need another corner. Now Xavier Rhodes, you may say Sterling, he's old as shit. Xavier Rhodes hasn't been an all pro in multiple years since he was with Minnesota. I get that. But he has the physical traits that this team typically looks for. He's 6'1". 
He's a big boy. He's physical. Uh, Xavier Rhodes had a somewhat bounce back year. He's a free agent. He's not going to cost you a obscene amount of money. I, I think taking a chance on someone like Xavier Rhodes could make some sense, but that's just my, my wacky brain going luxurious need to safety. It allows you to spend money elsewhere. And if you don't want to spend it on another cornerback, Xavier Rhodes could be the flyer. Patrick, what are your thoughts? I, you know who's not going to like moving to safety is Legereus Sneed. Um, you know, they get paid significantly less than top-tier cornerbacks. So, you know, uh, so Tyreek Hill doesn't want to move to tight end either. Um, I, I, I get it. Like, I think his tackling is great. He's physical. I think he could play the position really well. But I think, you know, look, he's just finished his second year. And I know he didn't have, like, a, a, a ton of interceptions and stuff this year. But keep in mind that he he set the table for himself last year as somebody maybe you want to kind of stay away from a little bit. He's a good corner. So th- those things happen. I'm, I'm really excited to see what he can do in his third year I- I- as a corner um, and just staying in that position that he's played really well at. I, I look at it like if you've got a good corner in the NFL, keep keep your corner uh, where he's at. And I, I, think he could, I think he could have a really explosive season next year. So um, I, I don't have anybody on my list for, for who to replace Matthew with, but um, – I agree with Verderam and that if you can re-sign him, sign him. But for me, it's always been where else are you going to get significantly better? If you're going to lose a Tyron Matthew, then you better be using that money to get somebody up front, a stud pass rush or something like that, so that you can put a replacement level player back there in his position. And it won't matter as much because what makes the secondary better? A pass rush. You, you know who they're not going to sign? I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and guess this. Uh, Eli Apple. Who, you know, I think he's going to make there, the team. There might be a full-blown fist fight the second he's, he walks into the uh, to the building. I'll give yeah. you a few names, and I'm going to bolt here. Um, oh, so but, did you hate my idea of Ram? Was that what we're going with here? I don't, know, I, don't hate, I don't hate it. I wouldn't do it just because I think you, I think corners so much like so much sure. more valuable. Like you just I need, need corners. Um, but no, I don't hate it. Like if, it, apparently, you know they're willing to be versatile, right? I mean, they've shown that. They'll move guys all over the place. No, I don't hate it at all. Listen, a few names real quick I'll throw out there, and then I'll I'll leave you guys to it. Darius Williams of the Rams, who's hitting free agency, is a very good corner. He'll be 29. He's probably going to get about 12 to 15 million a year. He's a good player. Um, He'd be one guy. And then also, like, look, I mean, J.C. Jackson would be amazing, but I I just, I don't know that he gets out of New England. Stephon Gilmore's 31. Like, I don't know how you feel about that. Might be too old. You know, Patrick Peterson, who's just – he's been coming to the Chiefs for like seven years. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, he, I, he said he might move to safety. There you go. There's your safety Patrick fix. Peterson, yeah, yeah I, I, think, I think I'm out on him at corner. But, no, like Williams, I think out of the Rams is interesting. There's Jackson and Gilmore, who, like, everybody should keep an eye on. You know, but other than that, like, look, I'd like to see him at corner. I'd like to see him keep Snead there. Sign Ward. You have Fenton, and then I draft a guy. You know, develop somebody. But if 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 they want to go heavy on corner, and they just say, "Look, we want a lockdown type guy," Jackson's probably the only guy in the market feel like is a lockdown guy. Maybe maybe Gilmore, depending upon your your opinion. But there's not a ton out there that you look at and go, "Oh, that guy would be." Um, a great fit. You know, Steven Nelson, good old friends, free agent. I don't think he's coming back. Um, <laughs> there, there are a few. There are a few, but it, it's there's not there's not a lot in the way of guys you look at and go, oh, that guy is a is a great fit. There, there's I'll one of these. I'll look at the list and try to find maybe a few diamonds in the rough. But that's kind of where I'm at. Anyway, uh, you guys hey, enjoy the rest of this. One second, Vernon, before you go. Uh, Benny from the Bronx says, cut the bullshit. We either want either Williams, Ridley, or a stud-ass corner. Do you know that guy? He's from the Bronx. You're a New York guy, so I figured you might know. I don't, but I I should, because I appreciate that. That, (laughs) My man, cut the bullshit. That might be the name of my book. Um, (laughs) That's right. We all want Williams, Ridley, or a stud-ass corner. Bring him on. I'm all for it. The more New York we can get, the better. But, yeah, I think, listen, to me, one thing – I'll leave it at this. One thing you know about Brett Beach, if you look at his history, they believe in the star system. They believe in going and getting the best guy they can possibly get. They are not a team that nickel and dimes it. And to be fair, Clark Hunt is not afraid to spend the money. That t- They 
firmly believe you go for the best guy. Like, if you can go out, like if JC Jackson doesn't get tagged by some miracle and they want a corner, like they will go after JC Jack. Like that is how they are. They believe that way. And, and I think they believe that way because they feel like they can draft well. And they're right. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it shakes out. But I'm, I'm, listen, I'll uh, have my ear to the ground at the combine and hopefully have some nuggets for everybody. Well, get your ear right. from the ground and actually listen to what people are saying. But we appreciate it, Verderam. I'm lucky at 2 a.m. at the JW Marriott bar if I'm if I'm just not face down on the ground. Uh, <laughs> all right, take care, guys. All right, buddy. Cheers. Uh, Dabba Joe Sand said, "Free agent stuff aside, Casey plays the Bengals in Cincy. We know they'll strengthen their O-line cornerbacks. Will this game decide where Mahomes is mentally?" I don't think it decides where Mahomes is mentally. I think he just shit the bed that second half. I don't think if he sees Cincy, he's going to all of a sudden freak out, right? He- yeah, this isn't a guy who's like who, – who, who scares easy. He's been in the tightest of tight spots already a million times in his career, and almost always he's come through. And if this guy didn't – you know. This guy moved the team down into field goal range in 13 seconds. The the week before, he had a bad half in Cincinnati. It was bound to happen. Nobody's perfect. You know, you've seen a game earlier this year, like Joe Burrow. I watched Joe Burrow throw like three interceptions in a row. Like, it just, things happen to guys. The other guys are trying to. I'm not worried about Cincinnati, other than the fact that they're a good team. They beat the Chiefs twice, but I I don't think, like, the Chiefs are going to be in a situation where they don't think they can beat somebody ever. Yeah. Under Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Mahomes, he's fine. In the words yeah. of Nitty Nick, whatever on uh on the chat right here, Mahomes is fine. I am 100% with you. Uh, we do have another question. Do you see the Chiefs bringing back Byron Pringle? I say, yeah. I think Byron Pringle yeah. is going to be a Kansas City Chief for a long time. I think he's going to start taking over and filling the Demarcus Robinson role. Maybe not Robinson this year, but in the past where he's that third, fourth receiver. You count on him. He's not going to make, typically at least, a, a whole bunch of plays. You're not not someone that you need to force feed the ball, but someone that you trust. I think he's yeah. someone that does the little things, blocking, running the correct routes, being in the right spot at the right time. Not running backwards. Not, I, I think Byron Pringle's different. He's not going to run backwards. But I think Byron yeah. Pringle is going to fill the Jamarcus Robinson role, and I think D-Rob is gone. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I, I think I think he already started to to fill that Demarcus Robinson role last year. The problem was they didn't really have a true number two, and so they were rotating in Hardman and Robinson and Pringle, kind of trying to get number two pr- production. I think this offseason they're going to go out there and they're going to get themselves a true number two and a, and a Chris Godwin or somebody like that. And a Juju Smith Schuster is going to come in, and then and then Byron Pringle is really going to have a nice, clearly defined role of like a third or fourth option. But I, I think what I do like about this season, even though it was a little bit of a carousel in number two wide receivers, was that you got to see Byron Pringle get reps with Mahomes. He he hasn't he's you know he's only made like brief guest star appearances up until last year. This was his first extended playing time. He did a really great job in a number of uh, games. He moved the chains for Patrick Mahomes. Having another safety valve, I think is really important for Patrick, especially as, as, as Travis Kelsey starts to turn the corner. So I think I, I agree with you. I think Byron Pringle's here for the next two or three years. He's not, he's not the guy you want going out there and lining up against the other team's best cornerback uh, or even maybe their second best cornerback, but productive player knows the system, reliable, pretty good hands, sneaky explosive, by the way. Like he gets the ball in his hands sometimes and you're like, who is that? Is that Tyree? Oh, it's Byron Pringle. Um, so, I mean, what more can you ask? And he's not going to be very expensive. So bring him back. Yeah, 100%. And that's not who – let's say this. That's not my final solution is, is bringing back Pringle and saying, all right, guys, we're done. Wipe your hands right. of it. That's all we need. Uh, which leads me into my next question. Again, we're answering questions from the Arrowhead Attic Discord. They posted in there. And I think it's only fair we give them a show where we answer their questions. This one's from Jay Ward. Should the Chiefs sign multiple wide receivers in free agency or just go and try and get one in the draft? And it can be a little bit of both here. I'm personally not a massive fan of bringing in Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, because for me, that is spending too much money on a third option. There's only one football. 
as great as that would be, and if I'm playing Madden, oh, fuck yeah, give me Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, bring them both in. But as far as managing the cap space, I want to see a big investment at edge, right? I want to see some investment on the defensive side of the ball as well. Maybe look at Michael Gallup. Four-year, $44 million range is what it's looking like, uh, according to SpotRack. Um, if you want to go even cheaper, bring back Sammy, Emmanuel Sanders, Juju Smith-Schuster for a one-year, maybe two-year deal. If you do that, that allows you time for your draft pick to develop, hopefully. Because I, I would like to see Kansas City spend at least one to maybe two drafts or draft picks in the top 100 and hopefully get some inner growth at wide receiver. Yeah, I, I disagree with you on that one. I, I think, well, why bring it back Sammy Watkins so you can pay him to sit on IR? Um, but, like, I am all for loading the hell up on wide receivers, and I'll tell you why. I, yes, I agree the Chiefs need an edge rusher, and they need to find one, and they can drop. But, like, this is a team that's going to win because of its offense. It's never going to be a defensive team while Patrick Mahomes is here. The strength will always be the offense. Travis Kelsey's not getting any younger. He's still playing great. I think he's got two to four more years in him, but maybe only like two to three years of like top tier Travis Kelsey talent. But as you start to get older, slow down a little bit, injury risk increases. He takes a beating. He's caught a lot of balls for the chiefs over the years. He gets hit a lot. He's going over the middle. So I want to make sure that the chiefs don't end up in a situation where Tyreek Hill pulls a hamstring, Travis Kelsey blows out his ACL, and you're looking at the offense and you're like, oh, God, there's nobody. It's, it's Byron Pringle is our number one receiver all of a sudden. So, and, and that won't be playing to the team's strengths. Get me Chris Godwin. Get me Allen Robinson, too. Bring in Juju. I'm serious. <laughs> what money? Injuries what, are going to happen. Do, do you want to have a defense? Do you want to – there's what? How, how many guys? You if you can um, score 60 points a game. <laughs> These guys are going to get hurt. I'm not this saying isn't don't invest Madden, in defense. Patrick. This is not Madden. Guys, dude, guys get hurt. They get hurt all the time. Look at look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Look at look at what happened to their offense this year. They still had depth. They still had a chance, even though they were losing key players. They had Gronk. They had Godwin. They had Mike Evans. They had Antonio Brown. Like that depth helped them throughout the course of the season and it helped them weather some injuries. They eventually ran out of gas, but you're not, you don't want to end up in a situation like Tom Brady did in, in new England where he didn't have any receivers and you're like, Oh, we're just going to win at the end of his career. You don't want that to happen to Mahomes. You don't want it to happen. Like Aaron Rodgers, He's got, he's got Devonte Adams and then who, you know, Valdez Scantling. Sure. Like, but load up. You can load say up. that about any team if they sustain multiple injuries at in their past corps, this is gonna happen. The Buccaneers had just horrendous luck with Godwin, with Gronkowski, with Antonio Brown going off the, the deep end. Like I just don't see the absolute need of spending a incredible amount of capital on a third option instead of trying to bolster edge, which they desperately need. For me, it's like if they get a great third option, that's a plus, but you need an edge rusher, right? Yeah. If I'm playing, if I'm playing, again, if I'm playing Madden, for sure, give me Allen Robinson or give me, um, Devonte Adams, you know, like I understand all of that, but you have only a certain amount of money and capital to work with. And realistically, one incredible edge rusher impacts the defense more as a whole than the third app, uh, third option on offense. I just think the way that teams, especially the way the teams played the Chiefs this year, they need more dangerous weapons to put teams in a bind. And, sure. the, the, you know, they're trying to take away Hill and Kelsey. And, and I am. I'm really scared of injuries, and I'm scared of that bad luck bug hitting the Chiefs because they've, in general, particularly offensively, they've been pretty fortunate when it comes to injuries since Mahomes has been on the team. And I don't, like, if they were to lose Hill or Kelsey for the entire year, as the offense is right now, I don't think they can, I don't think they have enough firepower to go to the Super Bowl. So, what you're saying is to, to me is well, tell, one tell to any injury team. to Patrick, two any guys. Team. Well, sure. If you take the top two receiving threats away from any team and you're going to have the exact same argument. Right. I'm just saying if you lost one of them, like I think if you lose Travis Kelsey in the first game of the season next year, 
I don't think the Chiefs have enough offensive firepower to get to the Super Bowl. That's why I want depth because the strength of my team is my quarterback and is my offense. So, um, you know, go out and get me a Chris Godwin. Now I've got two stud wide receivers. I've got a, stud, a Hall of Fame tight end. And then, and then maybe if I can get him on a, a pretty good deal, bring me in a Juju Smith-Schuster, right? And then you, there's, you still got money. You still got money to go out and get an edge rusher. They, they have, they can, I think they can create like $50 million in cap space. Like they can sign Chris Godwin, Juju Smith-Schuster, and get an edge rusher if they want to do that. You also have to figure out, is that Tyron Matthew coming back? Is Shavarius Ward coming back? What about the rest my, of the secondary? You lost Anthony Hitchens. Is, Do you want Ben Neiman to be your third? No, bring line- back Ward. No, but what about your third linebacker? You're going to have someone take snaps. I, I'm just saying there's too many pieces to spend all your money on a third option. You don't give a quarterback half a billion dollars to then say, we need the best third option in the NFL. You do that when you have Baker Mayfield. That's just my opinion. If you're getting paid half a billion dollars, you're supposed to elevate those number three and four wide receivers. He did it with Byron Pringle, right? I'm not saying Byron Pringle is the option, but the whole point of spending that much money on a quarterback is letting him elevate the rest of your team. If you're going to bring in all these phenomenal other wide receivers, what's the point? Winning Super Bowls. No, Um, I mean, you can win with that. He won without him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He did. He did win one without him, but, but the, there's so much offensive firepower in the, in the AFC right now that I just, you know, like I said, I worry about an injury happening to one of those guys. And then I just don't think the chiefs have enough. Even if they had Aaron Donald on the defense, I don't think that they have enough D- defenses are just such a disadvantage. And that's the other thing in this game. The, the game is tilted in favor of the offenses. So sure. you have to take that into consideration, you know, and where you're spending your resources. I'm not saying go crazy, um, but I do. I, I would like to see them load up if they can at the wide receiver position to give that cushion for Mahomes. Sure. And, and I'm fine with taking a look at uh, maybe even a Juju Smith-Schuster, depending on the contract, uh, a Michael Gallup. Um, I, I think an interesting one could be even an A.J. Green. I just don't think – a Devonte Adams, um, you, you know the the top end guys make the most sense. I think an AJ Green, for example, could be uh, a good flyer. He was signed a one year, six million dollar contract this year with Arizona. He was okay, obviously not what he was with the Bengals, but AJ Green is your your red zone threat. He's the complete opposite of of Tyree Kill, right? AJ Green, yeah. he's older now. He he's not going to have that breakaway speed, but he can go up and and get the ball. I think AJ Green on a going to be cheap one year deal would allow your draft picks. Who again, I'm I'm all in on drafting wide receivers early this this upcoming uh, NFL draft would allow them to develop. I think AJ Green could be a really good piece. Yeah, he really helped out uh, the Cardinals in stretches this year um, with, with a younger quarterback as well, having that steady veteran presence. I, I'm in, I'm all for bringing and and I mentioned the the Buccaneers and the model that they used, which I liked. Is you know, look, Evans and Godwin; those those were their pillars on the offense, right? And then they went out there and they got uh, Gronk, who was he's still really good, but old injury history, right? That was a flyer. Antonio Brown, kind of wacky. You don't know what you're getting. He's a wild card. That was a flyer when it all worked for them, when it all worked together. And, and it did when they played the chiefs in the super bowl, right? Like that, that was why you take a flyer on a guy like Gronk. He was eating the chiefs alive over the middle in that game. And th- that's all you really need from him. So I think if you've got enough depth there, I love going and getting a guy like AJ green. And I really, I don't think Juju should be very expensive. He hasn't had a good season in a long time. He was injured all of last year. He is younger, so his price is naturally going to be higher probably than an A.J. Green type. But I think that they could probably snag him for a bit of a discount. And they're rumored to be interested. Mm. And I think he was kind of interested in KC last year. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him and how he how he plays once he's no longer tied to the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger. So I have a little pushback with Juju. The Chiefs apparently offered more money than the Steelers last year. He thought he'd get more targets with the Steelers. Um, didn't happen. Got hurt. De- Deontay Johnson exploded. Chase Claypool's very good. And then, uh, what's it? Peter Far- uh, Farmuth, their tight end, took up a lot of Pat, targets as well. Yeah. Pat Far- Farmuth. So, yeah, I didn't say Juju was smart. That was a terrible decision he made last offseason. Poor decision, but I don't think he's going to be as cheap as people think. 
because even though he was hurt, he's been very productive throughout his NFL career so far. I think he's yeah. going to get into a decent-sized contract. I think it's going to be more than a lot of Chiefs fans are wanting, and I don't see him after last year getting more money here in Kansas City or supposedly getting offered more money here in Kansas City than the Steelers. All of a sudden, he's going to take a, a discount to come to Kansas City. I, I just don't see that happening. I've seen DJ Chark get thrown around a lot yeah. in this chat right here. Uh, looking at what his calculated market value would be, looking around a four-year contract for $48 million, that feels a little bit high. If my option were DJ Chark for that price or Juju, I would go with Juju Smith-Schuster. But I don't know what uh, DJ Chark's going to get on the on the open market. I, I could definitely see that being an option if the the price is right. Yeah, sometimes you guys, you get late bloomers, right? And he's had a, a good season in his past, but he's also been on the Jaguars. So, you know, at it, it 25 and 6'4", 198, He's a big bodied wide receiver. I really want, I would love, and what's one of the reasons I'm interested in God, like I would like the chiefs to get a bigger bodied wide receiver who can go up and get the ball. Um, I think that's something that they don't have. Tyree kills, obviously a smaller guy. He's a speed guy. So creating different matchup problems for defenses, I think is wise. And shark, listen, he had in 2019, he had a thousand yard season, um, caught 73 balls. And then was you know injured last year, only 700 yards in 2020. But the Jaguars have just been a, a complete disaster. So uh, getting him in the right system, he, he could be one of those guys where you might feel like you're overpaying for him this offseason based on the number that you threw out. But his upside potential a year or two later, you could have a bargain on your hands. Yeah. So and I and I think other teams will see that. So I, I'd rather go after a guy like that who has potential who has athletic skill, who's maybe just been in a bad situation and see if you can snag him. Uh, you remember like, Joe Hayden was drafted by the Browns and then he goes to, he goes to the Steelers and has a really great career or look at Emmanuel Agba, another person who was, who was drafted by the Browns didn't ha- got off to a poor start, went to Kansas city for a year was okay. And now is, is blossoming. So it wasn't um, Mitchell Schwartz originally drafted by the Browns. Yeah. I know he came from the Browns. I don't know if he was drafted by the Browns. I know he came from the Browns. They've had some really great uh, (laughs) offensive linemen whose careers they wasted. Uh, Alex Mack was over there. Obviously the great Joe Thomas hall of famer. Um, So (laughs) they can draft just not quarterbacks. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes players get swallowed up into the black hole of a, of a poorly run franchise or a bad team or bad coaching. And the chief should actually absolutely pounce on those types of situations. Uh, I have a final question from the airhead attic discord. Again, if you want to join, we'll do these shows where we answer all your questions. I think it's really fun. It's uh, it's a nice way to stay in touch. And honestly, I enjoy it. It gives us good content. This one's from USAF Chiefs fan. He wants me and you to address, uh, I had Josh Briscoe on the show, my radio show on Friday. And Briscoe wasn't extremely thrilled with the linebackers being picked in back-to-back drafts. Not necessarily saying that Willie Gay Jr. and Nick Bolden aren't going to be great or that they're not great linebackers. It's the position that they're that they're in and drafting him in the second round. He basically said, is it going to be a mistake that Brett Veach has drafted two linebackers, um, a, a running back, the, let's just say, not blue chip positions early on in, in back-to-back drafts? Do you think that's going to be an issue later on? You know, I get what Josh is saying. I don't think so um, because it looks like Willie Gay and Nick Bolton were hits um, and they're not going to be probably terribly expensive players. The running back, I never want to take running back in the first round. I'm just against that. Even at the end of the first round, that made me a little okay with it, but I just don't like the move. But I think in general, you've got to go. I know everybody says just draft the best player, but you also do have to look at need. And what's going to be available to you. And so I think that's what Brett Veach is trying to do. And he knows that the linebacker position was coming up, that the bill was coming due on that position, and he needed to get ready for it. And he was opening up some cap space there. And you know, these teams have money that they want to spend on each position. And they, you know, they use that to help them figure out their cap space. So he knew Hitchens was coming off the books. He wanted to be ready. 
I don't think it's going to be a problem as long as you just need to get hits on players. And as, as, as Verderam was mentioning, if you draft well, regardless of the position, now you're, now you're in a position to sign free agents that are available to fill your other needs. And those can tend to be a little bit more expensive. So if you can fill some of those other positions like center and middle linebacker and, a, and, a, and running back, um, and you have to do it a little bit early, that's okay because they're cheap at the time when you draft them. Yeah, I'm with you. I understood what he was saying, especially with running back, because, again, nothing against Clyde. Love Clyde. He was my highest ranked running back coming out of that draft. I just would not have spent a first round tender on any running back. Linebacker, I understand to the to an extent, but the Chiefs had such a black hole at linebacker. Like they had no one. Everyone was running all over Kansas City. They had to. They needed to draft linebackers. And so, yeah, it's not this blue chip position, but if you think you have a sure thing, and I think linebacker is a little bit easier to get someone that you know is going to fit your, your scheme, fit your system, like Nick Bolton, they knew it was going to work. Right. They knew what he could do, and that was more of a, maybe the ceiling's not as high as drafting a edge guy, but we know his floor is higher. And he's ahead of schedule. Yeah, 100%. And I think he's even been right. better than maybe they even thought. So I actually had zero issue with the linebacker picks. I think it was a necessity. Carter Kellogg keeps telling me to say the line. Every time I talk about Clyde and how he was drafted in the first round, I have to say, it's a sunk cost. It's a sunk cost. Get over it. it. Sunk it cost. It's gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just got, especially with Clyde, I agree. You just have to forget about where he was taken. I did see, and I watched the interview that you and Matt Connor had with Clyde. And I knew that, that he had, had had a surgery, but I did not know that he got down to 160 pounds. I think he said he got down to 165 pounds 160. last spring. So let's put that in perspective a little bit. Okay. He had, a really good, like I think a really solid rookie season, over a thousand all purpose yards. He was great. Um, and we were all looking forward to hopefully a big jump for him this year. I don't think it can be understated. If he lost that much weight, he's like 200 pounds, I think. Don't, so he he's lost like, like me. <laughs> right. Yeah. He lost like 40 pounds. In he said the 50. Spring. It was 50 pounds. 50? He's listed, oh, 50 he's listed pounds. at 209. 209. 209. Okay. okay. So he loses all that weight in the sprint. He has to recover from the surgery. He has, doesn't want to do any of the off-season stuff, has to put that weight back on. The fact that he was even playing, like he was ready to go and playing at the beginning of the season is remarkable. I, I think sometimes we, we just think of these guys as like transformers and they just, you know, they just need to hop on the charger for a little bit in the off-season and then they're good to go for the whole season. The toll that something like that, imagine the toll losing 50 pounds would take on you uh, because of, of an illness and then a surgery and how long it would take you to kind of like come back from that. Now imagine that you have to get back into world-class shape and play a wor- like with world-class athletes. How much of that, and we know how with running back, like you lose just a fraction of a step or this or that, like it's the difference between you being a scrub and you being pretty good in the NFL or being great. And so I'm really curious to see, I'm not saying it was an excuse for, for his lack of production this year, but I'm really curious to see with a full off season, like he said, when he talked to you guys, how he performs is now a third year player without having to go basically through hell over the summer and then show up and play professional football. Like it's just insane. I didn't know that he lost all that weight. And I, I really think it could have been a big part of his lack of production this year. He's basically said he's never had a real offseason since he's been in the NFL. It could be a a big Clyde breakout season coming up. It really could. I just think of that. Think of losing 50 pounds or basically he's 5'8 and he got down to 160. I'm 5'10, 165. I ain't trucking anyone. Just think how much how hard it is to put that much weight and muscle back on right. after that the muscle mass that he lost and the power that he lost to, to get all that back. It takes, it takes time. It, it, it takes a lot longer than he had before he started playing. And now that he's playing, he's now subject to wear and tear, right? So he's not 
once he take like once these players take the first snap of the season, they're not getting stronger. They're right now September. They're the best that they're going to be all year. And after that, it's just all wear and tear for the rest of the season. So if he was coming back and he was like 75%, guess what? He wasn't getting any better than that. Now he has a chance to get back to 100%. I'm really excited to see the results. Yeah, 100%. Before we get out of here, I'm seeing a lot of Jody Fortson, Noah Gray talk. (laughs) I'm seeing a ton of folks going back and forth. First things first, we're all Chiefs fans. Don't hate on each other. We can have differing opinions and still be friends. Yep. So, yep. so no, no getting angry. We can have different opinions. But Patrick, who do you who do you think is going to have a better season next year, Jody Fortson or Noah Gray? Oh, it has to be Jody Fortson if he has a chance to get Ooh. on the field. I'm, look, look I, I love Noah Gray, but like Travis Kelsey's on the team. Like it's, it's, that's just all there is to it. So he's not going to have that many pass catching opportunities for this team. He's hopefully the heir apparent to obviously nobody can replace Travis Kelsey, but I think there's just more of an opening for Jody Fortson to make an impact, particularly down in the red zone with his size. So um, I, that's who I think Scott, he was really flashing. was really exciting. And there's, there's, it's like I said, there's just a log jam, a really big log jam at tight end. And his name is Travis Kelsey. So it's, as great as Noah Gray was in the in the preseason and the, in camp and all those reports that you hear, that's great, but it's just going to be a lack of opportunities for him. Damn, Patrick, I was going to go with Noah Gray. Now apparently you and I got to throw hands. We always we're all, we're usually on the opposite <laughs> side of these things. So that's no, good. I, that's good. Hey, Nobody wants to hear, sit here for an hour and listen to us agree on everything. You know what? It's okay though, because I think both will have their roles next season. Jody Fortson is a incredible, incredible story. He actually played way past my expectations before the injury. Horrific to see him go down, but I do think yeah. Noah Gray has a lot of the. I know people say he's too small or he's not fast enough, but he find he finds ways to get it done. Um. He's very good route runner, very good route runner, good hands. I I, I think we'll see Noah Gray have a lot more production this upcoming season, especially if they decide to maybe try and extend Kelsey's career, maybe give him a few more series off, few more snaps. Uh, Either way, I don't care who it is. If it's Noah Gray, Jody Fortson, any way to have Travis Kelsey last longer in a Chiefs uniform, I am 100% down for yeah, I and mean, do you remember the way that the, the the Patriots there for a little while were using Gronkowski and, and Aaron Hernandez? Yeah. And we haven't really seen a team kind of do that sort of like two tight end weapon thing since then that I can remember. And so if you like Gray as a, as a pass catching tight end, you don't necessarily need to take Travis Kelsey off the field. But now that he's been in the offense for a year, we, we all know how Andy Reid and, and all this veteran coaches are when it comes to playing young players. They don't love it. It's not their favorite thing to do. And so if they really liked him in camp and, and then he comes in this year and he's still looking good and he's got good command of the offense, maybe they're working on some packages, particularly trying to take advantage of what teams are doing to them, dropping the whole entire defense in the coverage. You need more guys doing some underneath routes and making teams pay like that. So that could be something that could be new for the Chiefs next year where you see a lot more uh, of them using two tight ends as pass catchers, eating up teams underneath and over the middle, forcing them to come down and press. Patrick, this was fun. Yeah, man. I, I, we we've do not more. done this. I, I, yeah. I've thoroughly enjoyed spending time with you. And you're rocking your hoodie that uh, good old Steve gave us when we were at yeah. Casey Beer. Yeah, it was cold. Um, <laughs> he, I, it was, he, it was he a little chilly. Soft. He's yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah. like, hey, he's like, hey, dude, do you need a hoodie? And I was like, dude, yes, I, yes, I do. I am, I am freezing out. You didn't wear a coat, which, listen, <laughs> in the end, it worked out for us because I was dressed appropriately and I was fine sitting outside. You were not, and because you were not, I got Steve you had a hoodie. Get, that's right. Steve <laughs> had to go get you a hoodie, and he's like, well, I can't, I can't be an asshole and bring you know, one of the, one of the guys, uh, just a hoodie and, and leave the other one sitting there like <laughs> dope. So, um, it was great. We split some, uh, we split some, uh, what was it? A sausage. Yeah. Split a sausage. And again, take this out of context. Phrasing. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> it was good. It was, the food was good. I was surprised at how good the food was uh, as well. You know, it's like you're, you, you do one thing well, right? We make beers and we have food. But like everything that I ate there was actually tremendous as well, which that's what makes going to Casey Beer Co. a home run because you can you've got everything. They're going to have sports or some kind of entertainment or trivia going on at the at the beer at the beer house, and then you're going to get great beer and the food's actually good too. So I don't know what more you need. No, well, Patrick, this was a good time. Everyone in the yeah. chat, we appreciate it. Whether it's Jody Forson or Noah Gray, whether your offense, whether your defense, whether you're Allen Robinson, Devontae Adams, or Juju <laughs> Smith-Schuster, we are all Chiefs fans. Thank you to everyone in the Arrowhead at Discord. This was you fun. Guys rock. Yeah. Thank you. We're out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.